Hey everybody, this is Shakita Slater, aka Harley Quinn, aka Morticia Adams, aka Sabrina Spellman. And today is Thursday, June 25th, 2020, and I am recording this episode um right now, today, tonight, actually, because um there are some things going on in the world right now with the men and the women speaking out um, whom has dealt with sexual abuse, sexual harassment, rape, trigger warning episode. Um, if this episode is triggering to you, like I say in almost every episode, if it's triggering to you, just don't listen to this episode unless you're ready to listen to this episode. It's... um going to be kind of heavy tonight. Uh, something I've been wanting to get off my chest for the longest and I did a blog about it and I know some people read it and I'm going to read what I wrote, what I typed out on said blog on this episode. So I'm just, uh, this is episode seven by the way. I know I've been slacking on my podcast. I'm so sorry. Um, It's just family issues have been going on. And then with COVID going on, it's it's crazy. And with Black Lives Matters protesting and rustling, it's like now I kind of need to step back from rustling a little bit. It's with like I said, with everything going on with the speaking out movement that's going on, if you're a wrestling fan and you followed the speaking out movement on Twitter, that was started by Sierra Loxton, uh, indie wrestler, I believe. A uh, really cool chick, and I think she's just amazing. And just starting this movement has really opened up, like, a lot of opportunities for people to speak out and you would be crazy shocked at some of these stories coming out and mostly it's against wrestlers it's like willow spray got called out travis banks got called out uh, jack gallagher was also upon the names of the allegations, but I'm hearing that he admitted to it and he apologized to the person that he has affected and WWE just fired him on the spot last week. And I think on a SmackDown, like an episode of uh, the day of SmackDown, if I'm right, if it was on a Friday, the day of SmackDown, he... Sorry, guys, it was my son, Thomas. He was just going to go ahead and go to bed. Um, Yeah, Jack Gallagher fired from WWE because of the allegations against him going on. Who else? Jordan Devlin, uh, Marty Skrull. And and speaking of Marty, my goddamn heaven in hell of all that's going on. Oh, my God. Like, if you... I can't, and some of these guys that the women spoke out against, I was 
fans. Like, I'm seriously a fan of these guys. And it's crazy what they did. It's 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 insane to me what they've done and it's it's crazy and then not to mention people a couple of days ago people just found out the kind of scumbag that Michael Bay is years ago Megan Fox spoke out against this dude of like and I, for one, am a huge fan of Megan Fox. I, I love Megan to death. And that will never change. But her speaking out against Michael Bay a couple of days ago, even when she's doing trans, like the Transformers films, it, you know, it, like if you haven't heard about any of that, I suggest you go look those up right now and just read about it. And you will be shocked to see that, like, you'll be shocked to see it. Um, who else had got called out? Like I said, um, somebody's, uh, then the Joey Ryan thing. Blackball him from wrestling altogether, and he needs to be behind bars. That's just how it is. Oh, and let's not forget, Sammy Guevara made a rape joke. Uh, like, there was some footage it wasn't footage but it was like a, a like a voice clip of a podcast he was on and he had some sense of like oh something about Sasha Banks but like wanting to rape her and some people were really defending that like yeah I understand it's a joke but that ain't the joke to be laughing about like it it really isn't and if you are one of those people that literally laughs at those kinds of jokes like rape joke is not allowed it's not allowed and it's it, it, it's just not allowed that's just my thing uh what else so yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and read off the blog and also Sammy did a video uh, apology of his mistakes and he is suspended from AEW speaking of AEW Jimmy Havoc he, like I said check out the speaking out movement hashtag on Twitter it's all over the place um, you would be shocked to read some of these victims stories and it's you would just be shocked to see but uh like I can't and then it kind of pushed me to the, and some of those stories hit me close to home and that's why I'm gonna read off what I wrote in my blog a couple of days ago a couple of nights ago oh my god and trigger warning again trigger warning if it's triggering you to the point where, oh, you've experienced this with someone, whether you were in a relationship or it happened in a family, everything. But these are from, these are my three toxic relationships 
And no, I did not name anybody in this blog because they know who they are and they know who I'm addressing. So if they each read it and like if they read it, cool. And then that would mean, hey, karma's doing its job. Karma's working its magic. So I can't really I can't really um do anything at this point. But um I'm just gonna go ahead and read it off. And after that I'm just gonna go ahead and strip the bed. I haven't written about this in a while, but I felt this needed to be said after all that's going on today. There were three relationships that made me feel worthless, unhappy, and depressed, but was too scared to tell them. My first relationship started in high school. I was a sophomore and I started dating this guy. Everyone looked at me weird like, has this girl lost her damn mind? Why is she dating him? Why is he dating her? She's not even that attractive. I didn't really care because I kept to myself. I was still shy being around people, social anxiety, you kind of understand. I think weeks later into the relationship, rumors started to spread around school about me. Rumors were that I slept with every guy in school. So instead of coming to me, he listened to everybody who were basically telling him lies about me and called me a skink. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Later on that same day, he came to my apartment and wanted to talk. So we talked. But it wasn't the conversation that I had hoped for. He started questioning me about how many guys I did I sleep with during our relationship. And every time I told him none, he would get mad because he thought I was lying. So it got physical. He slapped me numerous times and burned my arm. After he was done, he would tell me that nobody would ever love me the way he loved me. I just sat there crying in my living room. My grandma was not home at the time. After that day, I just hated myself for dealing with the abuse verbally, physically, and emotionally. Yes, I was still cutting myself. I was 17 years old. I had lost my mother the year prior on my 16th birthday. I was trying to heal at that point. That was my first. That was my first. <clears throat> Sorry. Here comes the second bad relationship. Different guy. This one. I really hated telling this story because mentally and verbally, the pain still hurts, but I learned to cope, get over the issue, but this was also the time that I found out that during the time of my senior year, I was pregnant. Relationships started in my junior year. Oh my God. I'm sorry. It's, I I really hate telling the story. It's just, um, just keep it going. Relationship started in my junior year of the same high school that it ended very badly during my senior year of, again, same set high school. I dated this guy on and off for about a year and a half. So anywho, I didn't feel comfortable dating again, but he made it so much calmer for me. We both had mutual friends, kind of hard to deal with, but we were all friends. Ah, the simpler times. He was different, but he still treated me like I was some kind of trophy wife. I couldn't have, like, I couldn't even have guy friends. Well, there was one guy he couldn't stand around me because he felt threatened by him and that he was going to steal me away from him. So anytime I would hug or talk to him, there is my boyfriend telling him to back off or he would either pick me up and kiss me in front of my guy friend. Yes, there was seriously intentionality. I felt like part of, like, I felt like part of me was stupid because he was, doing college and I was doing high school 
So I started staying with him and his roommates, but I hated them so much because they would make stupid remarks about me, and I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to seem like a drama queen. I wasn't happy until I found out I was pregnant. Everything took a turn for the worse. When I told him about it, he didn't believe me until I showed him papers that proved I was pregnant after my aunt took me to the OBGYN. He still didn't believe me because he, just like my last relationship, falsely accused me of cheating. He pretty much dumped me and left me while I was pregnant. Then I told some of my closest friends and they consoled me every day. They took care of me and basically told me to just leave him alone because he was not good for my well-being and I was five weeks pregnant. At a school event about two months afterwards, game night, nothing was getting better for me until I saw him and he started telling everyone that the baby wasn't his. And that's that baby that you guys just heard earlier is now a 10-year-old Thomas. So if you heard that little bit squeak in the background, that was him telling me that he was getting ready to go to bed. But everyone who knew us knew we were conjoined at the hip. Some thought he was just picking on me because I was vulnerable. I was pregnant, of fucking horse. I was vulnerable. Other people thought, yeah, she looks like someone who would cheat on you. Ask the last guy she was with. It was embarrassing as fuck. I was screaming and yelling at him, and some people had to hold me back and send me into the other room to calm down. After that altercation, I just went home by myself. I wanted to be alone and isolated from everyone. God damn it. I was pregnant and alone in my own apartment thinking about how I was going to plan out my life, especially with a child coming into the world. August 5th, 2009 was the day Thomas was born. Baby daddy never showed, and honestly, I didn't want to see or talk to him. All of it went out the window the day Thomas came into the world. I had another life to care for rather than my own. I made it work to this day of 2020. I never saw my baby daddy again until maybe after a year or two that Thomas was born. But after that, he was nothing but a sperm donor to me. During my pregnancy with Tom's, I lost my brother to a car accident. I was stressed as hell. I stayed in the hospital until my blood pressure was down and I could go home. After my pregnancy, I lost my stepbrother to car accidents. Depression, especially postpartum depression, is a fucking hurricane. I even cut myself throughout the throughout late 2008-2009, like the whole year. Like half of 2008 and the entire year coming into 2008, I like went back to cutting myself. That was my second crappy relationship. And here comes my third and final relationship because this one tore my confidence apart to shreds. Now, before I start this last part of my blog, I don't want to cry again I it's it's really starting to build back up so I apologize if you hear me like talking weirdly because I don't like I it's only few people that I would talk to about this and that's mostly my therapist and the support group but I'll tell I'll speak about that after the episode uh, not after not after this but after this blog and I'll, I'll speak about it then and this is my last and final relationship. This is my third bad one. Sorry, you go. This happened about two years ago. But we dated for three months. I met him through a childhood friend. So we went on a few dates. Even though Thomas was like a kid, still is today. 
that didn't stop me from living my life. I was totally fine with dating this guy. He was super cool. He treated me respectfully, but I had let my guard down to like 60% because I wasn't fully ready to open up to anyone at all. So it was okay for now. Third month into it, something felt off. He would always call me and scream on the phone about why I didn't call him the day before or I'm screwing some other guy. I was scared to the point that I just told him I'll talk to him when he's sober. And I just hung up on him. Me and a few of our friends and their girlfriends went with us to a concert. He just looked so out of it. He was just tired. So I tried to talk to him and he just blew me off. I got upset and just enjoyed the Lacuna Coil concert with my friends. After the concert, my boyfriend wanted me to ride home alone with him. <sighs> our friends went home with their girlfriends. The car ride home was so awkward until he started touching my thigh inappropriately. All right. Okay. Whew. Come on, be strong. Kita, be strong. I never felt so uncomfortable in my life at that exact moment during that car ride home. He parked the car in front of my house and he forced himself onto me. I tried to push him off, but he was too strong for me. He started ripping my skirt off, and despite the fact that I was on my period, he didn't care. He pushed himself into me really hard to the point where I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and continuously trying to get him off of me. I felt weak and powerless. There was nothing I could do. After 15, 20 minutes, he got off of me fixed my clothes, and walked me to my door. He told me, if I ever told anyone what happened, he would come back and do it again, and again, and again. I went inside my house, holding back tears. My son and my stepdad were asleep in their rooms. I went inside my bathroom and looked at myself in the mirror and saw what a mess I was. I was violated that night. <sighs> Sorry, guys. It's just, it's hard talking about this stuff. I was violated that night. A night that was supposed to be a fun night. With friends. Ooh. And it turned into a Shakespearean tragedy. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I hit the bruises on my body as best as I could and put on a fake smile anytime someone saw me, whether I was at work teaching yoga or hanging out with friends or family, or I was just at home. I cried myself to sleep every night to this very day. Because of the pain I felt that night, it's hard to forget. I can't change what happened at all. A few days later, I get a call from two of my friends and they asked me if I was okay. I couldn't tell them what happened because they would be out for blood. But they also told me what my boyfriend had did. And I was serious and disappointed at the same time. That afternoon, Thomas was home from school. My boyfriend had stopped by, but he wasn't allowed in my home. I questioned him about him cheating on me with another girl. And he quickly got upset and defensive about it. Because one, he got caught and he couldn't lie to me about it. And two, he quickly slapped, like, slapped me across the face when I told him I was done with this relationship. I was terrified for my safety and I told him to leave and to never come back around me again. 
I quickly filed a restraining order on him. Ever since then, I felt safe from him, but him sexually abusing me and physically hurting me was too much for me, for me to even forget. Even to this day, I'm scared to go anywhere by myself or with my son because I feel like he would have someone come after us. Even to this day, I just chose to stay single and worry about my well-being and dealing with my depression, my bipolar disorder, and my self-harm battles and my anxiety because they have worsened. So, that's why I chose to never date again until I was fully ready. But after speaking out about all of this, I am not ready for anything. I am choosing to keep these guys nameless because they know who they are and the pain they have caused me throughout our time together. I don't wish this pain on anybody, man or woman. I just hope that my story matters during this tough time with everything going on. And that's my... And that's my blog that I wrote a couple of nights ago. Um, yeah, like I said, trigger warning for anybody listening out there. So, and today I relived everything and I thought of it like I was taking a nap. And that night just quickly just shot me. And I just woke up crying and everything. I I don't wish this on anybody. I don't even wish this on the next person, like on the on their significant others. I don't wish this on anybody. And if you are a friend to someone and you see one of your friends feel uncomfortable around somebody, and no, 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 scratched up. If you see anybody, if you're a guy and you see a female feel uncomfortable at like a workplace or anywhere do your job to step in and de-escalate that situation before it gets worser than what it is because you might be saving a life you might be saving a life rather than ignore it It's hard dealing with someone like something like that. And it's hard to leave it alone. It's hard to ignore it because it happened to me. And I have been talking to my therapist twice a week Mondays and Fridays and I'm going to speak with them tomorrow and I'm going to tell them why I cried and the good thing about my therapist is he set up the support group 
to any man or woman who has also went through the same thing as I went through. And it felt so comfortable to listen to these people and their stories of all the traumatics that they have been through. And it's hurting to hear and see these people that like complete strangers who all in all became good friends of mine and they went through something like this. So I'm not alone in the world. And that feels, I would say it feels good to know that I'm not alone in the world. And I'm not, and I'm also not the only person in the world that has went through something like this. I said I was not going to cry on this stupid podcast to hear him crying. And anytime I cry, I get a headache. So I got to take it a leave and try to sleep. Like I said, if you're a guy and you see a female, whether you know her or not, and you see someone making her feel uncomfortable, Please step in and de-escalate that situation, please. Because, like I said, you might be saving a life rather than ignoring it. And then you just listen to all these, all the victims and their stories of what they went through. It's all of that hits so close to home for me because I experienced that firsthand. Verbal and emotional abuse is still abuse. And I don't care who tells me otherwise. Words hurt on so many occasions, and your confidence takes so long to build. And you have to take all of your time to rebuild yourself. And it's hard, and especially being a black woman. I don't feel protected. I feel like us black women, and I know some out there will agree with me when I say this, we're sticking up and speaking out for other people, but who is sticking up? Who is speaking out for us? Protect and defend us black women because we need that right now a lot of us are dying out there 
and it's being swept under the rug and it's like people don't care but we go through something like this every day but we're told to get over it and it's hard to get over something like this you don't know our pain you don't know what we've been through every single day you don't understand it And I'm going to leave this podcast on a good note, on a positive note. Just, one, don't make jokes about everything because what you may think is a joke, some of us don't think it's a joke. Like the whole Sammy making a rape joke to Sasha. That's not funny at all. Yeah, it's a joke. To you, it's a joke. To me, that's it's it's not funny. Rape is not funny. And for somebody who just sat here and told you what I've been through in my third relationship, it's not a joke. It's it's not. So just A lot of you out there, educate your sons, please, and protect your daughters. Protect your daughters, educate your boys. And maybe, maybe this world might be a a better place for my son to grow up in. That's all I'm saying. And I hope you guys have a wonderful night. And I will see you all next week.